0: Hey, everybody, you know, Steve and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and a whole lot longer than that as addicts in long term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, to heal betrayal trauma and to reclaim your relationship. And we've gone ahead and poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first of its kind program for addicts, spouses and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you guys have done on your journey for healing and recovery, we guarantee you have never done anything like this. You know, we've made all the mistakes so you don't have to. Please don't reinvent the wheel. Guys, come on, let's get real. Tomorrow never really comes. Don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at DareToConnectNow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Steve Moore here. Welcome to the PBSC Podcast today. Uh, my co-host, Mark Castleman is actually out for the day, and so uh, I'm going to be running this one solo. Today is going to be a, a good podcast. It's going to be a little bit different than a podcast that uh, we usually do. In fact, I think this will be the probably the first of its kind uh, ever, actually, on the program. Um, even though Mark is out today, it was actually good timing for me uh, because I uh, had the privilege this last week of celebrating eight years of sobriety. Um, on October 13th, 2014, uh, was, that was the first uh, day that I went long-term uh, without my uh, sexual addiction, sexual compulsion in place. Uh, October 12th, 2014 was the last time I ever turned uh, to my addiction uh, to cope. And uh, I'm grateful to be here today, uh, having celebrated those eight years, and uh, wanted to talk a little bit about that today you know in in twelve step groups and many fellowships it's customary uh for uh one to share with the group when they're uh celebrating like a sobriety date or a you know a sobriety uh milestone i guess is what we call it uh to talk about you know how did you do it and uh you know what have you learned how have you grown kind of just share some of those things and I thought that today would be a nice opportunity to do that you know here on on p b s e um we get lots of letters on a very frequent basis, emails from many of you, expressing your gratitude for the podcast, which we, you know, absolutely love to hear. Uh, we don't monetize this podcast, and so we, we it really is an opportunity for Mark and I to be able to give back to those who are struggling. And you know, as we, uh, the passion behind Dare to Connect for Mark and I lies in both the fact that we're, you know, we're both clinicians uh, who specialize in pornography and sex addiction recovery, but uh, we are passionate about it because we're both addicts in long-term recovery. And uh, so often on a podcast like this, when you're, you know, it is a clinician kind of led operation, much like with therapy itself, uh, we focus so much on the problems, right? On the issues at hand, uh, the different things at play, what's going on uh, with this area of recovery versus that area of recovery, and how can we better things. You know, for you, for our clients, what problems can we address today? What issues? That's typically how our podcast goes. And sometimes, just like in the therapy world, we spend so much time addressing the problem <laughs> that we don't uh, take the time to really talk about the solution or specifically to celebrate, you know, the other side of this process. Because recovery for both an addict and for a partner and anyone else who affected by Uh, something like sexual addiction and the betrayal trauma and the hurt and the heart and all the thinking errors and character defects and other things that sit behind it. Uh, I am convinced is one of the hardest journeys a person can take in life. Uh, there is so much, uh, to that journey, to that, as a colleague of mine once put it, to the fight for love. You know, we fight for love in this business. We fight for connection and. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about that to celebrate that to talk about the 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 other side of recovery what what I have found that has awaited Steve you know eight years into this process the things that I've learned the ways that I've grown and maybe share some things with you not just to give you some hope but also to uh, maybe uh, speak to some of the things that I've learned along the way and uh, so that some of you listening uh, may not maybe you won't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Uh, so to speak. So uh, with that in mind, I'll just kind of just kind of start off, and I'm sitting here. I know none of you can see this, but as I'm talking to you, I'm actually holding the eight-year sobriety coin that I just got a few weeks back. It kind of helps me to stay grounded with the topic. Um, for many of you who've listened to this podcast uh, over the last couple of years it's been around, uh, you know uh, much of my addiction history and my story. Um, I had a very unique childhood and a lot of pretty traumatic experiences that happened as a kid. I'm a two-time cancer survivor from a rare form of leukemia, and not too long after completing my second bout with that is when my dad passed away unexpectedly in a a plane crash, which uh, happened right around uh, 13 at at an age when I was very sexually curious. And uh, it was kind of the perfect storm is how I often term it on the podcast for me in terms of becoming hooked on to an addiction that made all of the pain and the anger and the, the sadness and the despair and the injustice, injusticeness I don't know if that's a word, but the in, injustice, there we go. The injustice of the situation and how angry I was with God and everybody else. It made all that pain go away. And I was, I've talked about oftentimes how I was, I was hooked from day one. Um, as I spent years uh, stuck in this addiction in different ways, shapes and forms, uh, there were lots of things that came up for me along the way that I, looking back, I wish I would have and could have if I'd made other decisions done differently. And the first is is something that hopefully many of you have already done. Um, but if you haven't and maybe you maybe you haven't, because this is one of the ways in which podcasts can be so helpful is is to find somebody uh who is who you can trust, who would be safe, who can who knows you as you are and is willing to hear hard things and is willing to is able to see you for your good and your bad, um, even if that is just like a support group, like a twelve step group, uh, or a therapist, or maybe it is a trusted somebody in your life. But if you haven't already, please open up to somebody about this struggle. You know, so much of what what deepens and toxifies addiction. And amplifies its implications is the emotional and 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 in many cases even physical isolation that we addicts feel because of the unworthiness, the the lack of uh, the lack of self worth, uh, the hopelessness that we carry. Uh, we we find ourselves struggling both to have the self confidence to talk to other people, but also to have the self worth that anybody would even want to associate with us. And those are really difficult obstacles to overcome. And the deeper we get into our addictions, the more isolated we become, the more shame deepens, the more our inability to see ourselves as a good person or someone of value something with something to contribute uh, decreases. And so we, as, uh, as some of the 12-step literature that I often study says, quote, we, we go ever deeper inward and we become lost inside ourselves. And I think it's a great way to uh, describe what happens in that addiction process. And so reaching out, uh, shedding light on the issue, being transparent with someone, again, that you can trust, uh, is a huge first step if it hasn't been taken already in terms of breaking out of this mess. Uh, and so that would be the first thing that I would definitely say. Uh, the second thing that comes to mind as I've gone through this process, you know, I'm, and I look back on, on how I got to a place of solid recovery was that I had to, it sounds, may sound really weird, but I had to let go of my sobriety date and thinking about dates in general in this process. And for me, that's what it, that was one of the things that had to happen before long term recovery happened. Um, I found that, and this is just for me, that the more I was tied to the date and how long I'd been sober, et cetera, the more I was also in kind tied to, The people around me looking good to them, looking good, like looking like enough to my wife, being able to get praise from people about how good of a job I'd done or, you know, whatever the case was. And uh, my ego was extremely fragile at the early stages of recovery. And I really struggled so much with my own self-worth and confidence that I got very tied up. And even as I was trying to do sincere recovery, I continued to remain really codependent on the perceptions and, the you know, accolades or the lack thereof from other people. And the more I tend to focus on days, uh, the more that, that tended to self-sabotage me from a mental perspective. I, I would become so perseverated on getting to 30 days of sobriety or 90 days of sobriety that oftentimes the, it would become an obsession and would, would pull me out of a headspace that I knew worked, which is what 12-step teaches is that you know recovery from an addiction really is a truly one day at a time process. It's not something that happens overnight, um, nor is it something that you can do, you know, extremely quickly over time. Change is gradual and consistency and putting in the daily work and focusing on what you can control today and and letting go of the rest, uh, not allowing the fear of the unknown, the fear of the future to overwhelm you. These are all common pitfalls that we find with the clients that we work with. And that's what I struggled with. And where I really began to get long-term traction in sobriety, where I really began to hit those sobriety dates, ironically, was the less I paid attention to them. It's when I marked it on a calendar somewhere that it wasn't something that I accessed often and uh, would announce in a meeting once a week in my support meeting. And other than that, I didn't really talk about it because the goal, it didn't matter whether I'd been a day sober or a month sober or five years sober. The, the goals still remained the same. To access, find, discover, and implement the tools needed to find sobriety and to take the actions and steps to find authentic connection that day with myself, with with my higher power, and with other people. And uh, that still remains the same today as it did back then. Um, and ironically, like I said, that's, that's how I've gotten to where I'm at is by letting go of those days. This last year, along with the last couple, were kind of interesting because even though I knew my sobriety was coming up and I recalled it a few times in meetings and stuff leading up to this last month of October. I remember I was actually sitting in a therapy session with one of my clients and we were talking about sobriety and, and, you know, I, all of a sudden it popped into my head. Oh my gosh, today's my eight year sobriety. date, <laughs> And I just completely forgotten about it, which in many ways, not, not in a cavalier or a casual way, not that I don't care, but it was good for me. It was healthy to be able to say, you know, Today, I'm just living more of a recovering lifestyle, and these dates kind of are a way to track that as opposed to I'm living for the date, if that makes sense. So that was a huge other uh, piece that was really important for me. Uh, a third component, and I wish somebody had told me this sooner, was uh, I wish somebody had been around, and I wish I'd accessed or found someone to help me paint a vision for what life could be like outside of addiction. By the time I got serious about recovery, uh, even when I got serious about it, I only was able to get so serious about it. And the reason why is because deep down, uh, when I my back was up against the wall and I kind of had no choice to but get serious about this or lose my marriage, those were kind of the choices. Um, even as I tried to get serious about it, I truly didn't believe that I could get better. I'd been caught in this mess and this awful cycle for so long. By that point, 20-something years. But the idea that I could actually be done with this or finished with this just didn't even resonate for me anymore. Um, the idea that I could really be free of addiction, that I could move forward in my life, that I could find happiness and connection with other people. I mean, it was just such a foreign concept. My whole adult life had been wrapped up in this life of escape and living a two faced lifestyle. I was I told a client the other day I was like the sexual Batman of 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 my world. Like by day, I was like this good religious awesome husband and by night i was like this sexual dark knight who was you know had this whole other way of living and coping and numbing out and escaping and and uh i spent so much time trying to live those two lives that even knowing what it could be like to be sober and to be help- happy and healthy was was actually quite foreign um and as i started to get traction sobriety i started little by little to gain little bits and peaks into you know, little tidbits of uh, feelings or emotions or viewpoints of, you know, what could this be like? What life, what could life maybe be like? As I hit three months of sobriety and then miraculously six months of sobriety, I was starting to get a taste, even if it was just in little pieces of, you know, what being a little less shame-based and a little less uh, caught into my own stuff could be like. And I, I just clung to those when I got those little pieces of insight. And I wish that at sooner on I had availed myself and connected myself with somebody who could get it and somebody who was willing to not judge and somebody who could give me support without judging me. Um, that's what I was looking for. And uh, you know, as I look at these different things, I mean, these are the pieces uh, of the pie. These are just some of the pieces of the pie that were so important. Being able to let go of my own paradigm, learning how to surrender the twelve-step skill that we talk oftentimes about in our Dare to Connect program, learning how to surrender that old paradigm, that old way of thinking, and re- and recognize even just for a minute the possibility that maybe what my experience has taught me isn't as true as I think it is. Maybe I can get better. Maybe in some ways I've been living kind of the sexual addiction version of the Truman Show, where you know everything that I've kind of known is is not completely true, and, and that there could be something better out there. Um. We, uh, you know, I sobriety for me is one of the most precious gifts that I have. It is the gate through which so much of my life professionally and personally flows. Uh, everything from the ability to look clients in the eye who are struggling and say, we will get you to a better place, to being able to show up and engage in my marriage, to uh, just even being connected with myself and then being able to connect with life and not be numbed out and tuned out all the time. I remember so well what that was like. Uh, to be living in this place of causing my, my wife ever more and more and more pain and it, dragging myself and my relationship into deeper and darker places. Um, those, those, those elements and those purposes, I'm so grateful to have, you know, stepped away from that gradually over time and to be in a place now where, uh, I have a life, frankly, that is exponentially better than I ever thought it could have been. Um, there are, so many, these, these reasons, these things that I'm talking about, and I could just go on and on today, we won't for sake of time, but are just one of the many reasons why Mark and I uh, founded the PBSC, the Porn Betrayal, Sex and the Experts podcast a couple years back. Uh, about three years ago, actually, now is what we're coming up on. Um, that's why we first put it together. And after seeing the success of that, we decided to take that to a new level, to take it to a deeper level. And about 18 months ago, we, after years in the making, we launched our recovery program, Dare to Connect, for addicts, spouses, and couples. Uh, Every week on that program, we spend an hour with addicts on Mondays, an hour with partners on Wednesdays, and an hour with uh, couples on Fridays, getting raw and real with you about every topic relating to addiction and recovery and betrayal trauma under the sun, Uh, addressing questions, giving clients answers. Speaking with, with the best clinical mix that we can come up with of clinical insight, but also mixed with real life, raw and real recovery history and experience. And now we have recently just added, in addition to that, a 90-minute a, a support group for partners of addicts and a 90-minute support group uh, for, for uh, addicts themselves that is largely 12-step based, although we integrate lots of other stuff that is facilitated directly by myself and Mark. Um, we're the ones that monitor and, and run the those groups personally, with, with along with other staff members. Uh, those are on Sundays as well now. And our goal here at Dare to Connect progressively, and we continue to work on that mission, is to create a, a place, uh, to create the place, frankly, that I needed and that Mark needed uh, when we were struggling and our marriage was on the rocks and we didn't know where else to go. And we tried 50 other programs and other things before. Um, we, we needed something, and we didn't have it at the time. We were grateful to both become acquainted with 12-step. I got in with a good therapist, and dare to connect, it never has been nor will it ever be a replacement for one-on-one therapy. But we have tried as much as we can outside of that one-on-one therapy realm to create a one-stop shopping environment for addicts and their spouses where you can find hope and healing with, with a couple of uh, therapists who have been there before. And know what that's like, a place where you can associate with and interact with other couples who are in the trenches, working recovery, the same as you are. Uh, We hope that you guys will come out and join us. Uh, There's a two-week free trial that we have going on for the program to come out and and, and see it. Take a look. See if you like it. Uh, You can find that at DareToConnectNow.com. That's that's (laughs) D-A-R-E-2, excuse me. D A R E T O C O N N E C T N O W dot com, dare to connect now.com. We'd love to have you guys come out and give it a try. Um, but I, I am just at any rate, I am just grateful to be here with each of you and, and for the privilege it is to, to show up here on this podcast and to gratefully say I'm, I've been sober for over eight years now. Um, I have no idea what the future brings or holds for me, but I do know that as I continue to live, a recovery-based lifestyle one day at a time. Life is becoming a better and brighter prospect than I've ever known. I know all too well that many of you don't find yourself in that place today, and I hope that today's podcast will create and maybe help to instill maybe some motivation for you addicts. Maybe it'll instill some motivation. Maybe it will it will help to create a vision for couples out there that you really can get better, uh, that there's a life beyond recovery. But for you addicts, there really is a last time. And the question just becomes is, when do you want to make it your last time? Uh, we, Mark and I, we care so much about all of our listeners. We appreciate hearing from you. We love getting questions from you. If there are any questions you would like to address on an upcoming podcast, we have a couple of our next episodes lined up, but we'd love to hear from you. You can send those to us through our contact form at uh, pbscpodcast.com. There's a little contact form at the bottom. You can, you can submit, send us your story. We're happy to address those. Um, always anonymously or just with, with using a first name only um, on the podcast. We would love to uh, tackle any issues that you're having. And again, we'd love to see you. If you like what you hear here on the podcast, if you like the authenticity and the realness, please come do check us out at dare to connect We'd love to have you come join the DTC family and, and be able to interact, engage with you and, and help you along on your recovery journey back to a happy life, a happy marriage either a return back to it, or if, in my, if you're like me to find it for the first time, uh, hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. We look forward to hearing from you. And again, as always, as we move into the holiday season, just want to express our gratitude and love for each of you. Uh, we have listeners all over the globe in over 165 countries now, which is, I'll be honest with you up until we started this podcast. I didn't know there were 165 <laughs> countries in the world. <laughs> I didn't know there were so many. Um, but, uh, Uh, It's just a privilege to be interacting, engaging with each of you, and we uh, look forward to engaging with you more in the future. Uh, Have a great week, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.